Hey, welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese with your hosts, Mike Bakovin, Chad Planbeck, and Steph Romanski. All right, I'm ready. And she kind of stuck it in there, and it's like, yeah, that, that does kind of burn, and then it was out. And then it's like, that's it? That's it. And then Good I walked out the door, you know. Yeah, because I've it. seen so. some videos of it, and it looks pretty darn terrible. Right. Because because when, when they, because they've, they've seen that video where they sort of put it in, and then they jam it up in a little further, yeah. right? Yeah. And so when she first put it in, it was burning. I was kind of waiting for stage two of this rocket launch, but then <laughs> stage two never happened. And it's like, oh, thank God, you know? And that was it, so. And did you but get... But no, like I said... Yeah, go ahead. I forget who I was reading. Someone on Facebook was saying that they got the results and it was negative, but it was like the most qualified negative you could possibly get. Like the language would... The language was something like, you've tested positive. However, this is just a snapshot in time, and maybe you're positive now. And it just like had this whole paragraph of legalese about how you can't really say that you're not infected, even though we're giving you this <laughs> negative recommendation right now. I'm like, come on. Okay. Yeah, well, it was really funny because I got notification, and I'm part of this like online digital thing where you know they can talk, like email you results or post results on this little super secret document between you and your doctor. Yeah. And I just logged on and basically all it said was like four words, no COVID, no COVID-19 detected. And that's all it said. And it's like, well, okay, yay. Cool. And it was really funny because then, you know, I were the weekend and the holiday, like yesterday I get a call from the doctor's office itself saying, um, we have test results for you call in. And it's like, oh no, there's been a mistake. Uh-oh. You know, and so, and I call in and basically, no, they were just confirming that you know you're you're all clear and it's like oh thank god because these like things man you're sitting there and you're suffering terribly you know your nose is running you're hacking you got a fever and it's like you're just, just like okay is this allergies uh-huh. is this a sinus infection or is this COVID nineteen yep. you know yep. and so you just kind of waited a few days and like the symptoms never really went away and it's like. All right, I'm going to call just just to find out what it isn't as opposed to what it is. Yeah. Because it's like I'm 90% sure this is some kind of my sinus is going haywire because our weather has been fluctuating horribly, mm-hmm. you know, the past few days. Here's and so, and then that was it. And I said it was, uh, you know, they were supposed to, you weren't supposed to leave your car to get tested or whatever, but it basically, because it was raining, so I had to go inside. Hey, just like right on. inside the door. Sit down, poke in, out, that's it. And then 24 hours we had the results. So well, that doesn't sound like, like well, this is a, that doesn't sound like the worst thing I've ever heard. No, it's like it's like so. Why are we doing this more? Uh, you know why are why aren't more people getting tested? And so, it starts but, with T and ends with rump. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. welcome. Are, to the are t- you feeling better now, Chad? Sorry. Yes. Sorry, yes. No, that's <laughs> fine. No, the the fever or whatever the hell I had, it sort of broke Saturday. And I said, it's just it's getting like these awful scientist headache behind your eyes, you know, and, uh, and that's finally went away. And every once in a while, I still sound like a, uh, like a calliope organ when I breathe once in a while, but you, can, you know, and it was always wet, you yeah, know, like not yeah. too graphic or gross, but you'd always get something when you're hacking. And so it's like, I think that's a good sign. Oh, we're going to get and then gross. You did that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, we're going to get gross. Don't worry about getting yeah. gross. <laughs> On that note, welcome to the Atomic Way to Cheese, where real life is cult cinema, and cult cinema is real life. I'm Mike. And Steph. So, Mike, how exactly do you quantify the uh, radioactive powers of a snail in a human body? <laughs> you want to hear the crazy thing? The guy who made that comment is my, my new executive director where I work. So okay. it might have been a hidden dig at my workload. I'm not sure. No, I, I, the backstory being, I posted on Facebook. Okay, so back up a little bit further. A week and a day ago, I woke up and there was no precipitating event, but I was in the worst uh, uh, pain I've ever been in. My back went out, something. So I waited a day, went went to the doctor. Doctor's like, "Uh, I don't know, let's take an x-ray. And they didn't, didn't see anything. So they diagnosed it as a strained muscle. And I'm still not able to, to stand up completely upright without some help, you know, without stretching a little bit first. And, uh, uh, you know, not getting a whole lot of sleep, but it's the worst pain I've ever been in. So I posted it on Facebook and the, uh, the doctor, well, my, my, my boss basically said, I, I po- okay, I posted it on Facebook and prefaced it with the story that I'm going to tell on the podcast about the time I got a snail <laughs> stuck in my leg. 
uh, was was in a in a river, and I'm like seven years old. Ow! Slipped on a rock, and the it, the way we figure is the snail shell must have been like sharp side up because it just went right into my leg, and it was the kind of thing where I didn't even know it happened. And so someone else pointed, what's that on your leg? Oh, my God, it's a snail, and it's in a snail shell, and it's inside your leg. And so they had to squeeze, and at one point they were going to pull out a pocket knife and see if they could get it out while seven-year-old me is freaking out and screaming and crying. And then they finally popped it out, and it bled, and I thought that was really cool. And uh, so I posted about how that was the worst pain I had ever been in, except for when I threw out my back. And now this is the worst pain I've ever been in. And my boss chimes in, maybe you now have the superpowers of a snail. Like, you know, maybe this is your superhero origin story. And I'm like, so, so salt is your kryptonite. Then. Yeah. <laughs> the proportionate strength of a radioactive snail. <laughs> Which means I can, um, err, uh, <laughs> I got nothing With really slowly. Yeah. With great power comes very slow responsibility, Mike. Yeah. Well, I grew up in slime. I grew up in Oregon a little bit, where uh, there were slugs that would come out at night, and the slugs, of course, snails without shells, would leave these giant gelatinous trails. So if you went out at the right time in the morning, you could see hundreds of these trails, and you're just like, oh my god, this is just, you know, there was an invasion overnight of slugs, you know, and, and never did pour salt on them, but I'm sure it works. So so uh, it does. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> So we figured, given that uh, Chad Chad just got himself over a COVID nineteen scare, yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm I'm in the worst pain I've ever been in uh, currently right now. That that this would be a good enough time to talk about body horror. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense to me. Oh, yep, and we are still recording from home. So if you hear the odd dog bark or something like that, that's uh, going to be par for the course, and we can't help it. Sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, the snail actually wasn't the worst pain I've ever been in up until I threw my back out. It's, uh, uh, I've, I've got a really nice scar on my leg from when I, uh, when I was ramping, uh, my bike at a construction site and got a pressure wound on my leg. Have you ever had a pressure wound? Yeah, I've had, I've had, uh, I was going to talk about a crush injury on my leg later, but yeah. Yeah, where you hit it so hard that it just basically pops open, you know, and it's like, that was, uh. Uh, and, and I landed in such a way where I could see the skin go white and burst. And that's something I'll remember, you know, on my deathbed. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my story. <laughs> what about you guys? What's the worst pain you've ever been in? Go ahead, Steph. Childbirth. What? Childbirth. <laughs> Sounds pretty definitive. Is it, true? Is it true that you're trying to squeeze a watermelon outside? Like a, a like a, a size of like a peach hole. Is that true? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Physically, yes. Right. But but it's, 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 it's a complete loss of control of your body. Your body is doing things, and you have no way to stop it. <laughs> and it hurts. And um, I gave. I had my daughter at a military hospital, Fort Ord, right. in California. And they didn't give me an epidural. So oh, man. I had drugs that would knock me out between contractions and wake oh, me up to feel the full force of the contraction. Oh, <laughs> oh no. So that, that happened. They gave, me a, they gave me a bullet to bite down on, yeah. Yeah. And, um, Just breathe through it. Just breathe through it. Yeah. <laughs> and then after I had her, the next morning they had me up, and I had to change my own sheets on the bed. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> they want you just, up and about, so they're like they might as well put you to work too. <laughs> I'm just picturing Arlie oh, Irving <laughs> as the drill sergeant. <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> Your bed is not for me. Get up! Get out! Get on! <laughs> Your body's writing checks. Your body can't get... Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that does not sound like fun, but uh, hey, you got a kid out of the you know, deal. I, I got a good kid out of it, and, and it was 28 years ago, and I 
I can look back and, and laugh at it now. <laughs> but at the time, I do have another story. My parents yeah, but- and um, friends were out in the waiting room, and all they could hear when they were taking me to the delivery room was me yelling, Oh, shit! <laughs> I mean, it was really loud. That's pretty good. Yeah, when my second kid was born, my uh, sister was in the next room because it was open. It was just where the family was congregating, and that put her off kids for probably a decade. (laughs) I don't blame her. Yeah. (laughs) I just remember my brother talking about when his son was born, and when he came out, he just looked at it, and it's like, it's not done. Put it back in. Yeah. You know, really weird color and all wrinkly and everything, you know. Yep. And, yep. Uh, it's it like something like that's been bit. in the bathtub. Yeah. yeah, it's like something that's been in the bathtub for too long, you know. And so, mm-hmm. well, yeah, they're really, not really funny. perfectly formed little creatures like you see on TV or in the movies. Nope. Right. Nope. True story. The doctor that delivered both my kids uh, was arrested and lost his medical license after he was arrested for solicitation. He was a pimp. Oh, my God. oh I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, true story. Whew. He did his yeah, job pretty well, this. you know, but... <laughs> he was also a pimp. Wow. He was also a pimp. <laughs> There's a story your kids will tell for the rest of their life. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Huggy Bear. Yeah. Pimp Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Came in with wow. a big cane and a hat. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't anything like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Doctors have extra platform <laughs> shoes. Yeah. Doctors have extracurricular activities, I imagine. Chad, what's, uh, what sticks out in your head? Okay. Uh, I got, I'm going to ramp up to it to the most, to the worst. Um, as someone who suffers chronically from a bad hip problem, which basically gets you completely out of alignment down below, I totally empathize you know, with you on the back thing. Yeah. And oh. I, I know one time I went to this, this chiropractor, and you, know, you lay down flat, and he's putting all these like wedges of wood underneath you, and he's like, we're gonna let you settle for a while. So you're in there and you got your 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 face plugged into the into the cushions, <laughs> and it's like you don't, you don't know what the time it is. It's like twenty minutes, half an hour, hour, and then he comes back and he messes with the table a little bit, and it's like okay, now this is gonna hurt, and it's like all right, because he's trying to pop everything back into alignment. Yeah, and he, he does it, pop, bang! You kind of hear the table give out, you know. And I swear to God, I saw every known color in the universe explode <laughs> before my eyes all at once. And just, like, crying into that cushion. And it's like, oh, God, I'm having that. You know, and it's like, and it's like, just like, you motherfucker, I'm going to get off this table and I'm going to kill you, you know? And uh, and then, then he didn't. And you're just kind of sitting there waiting. And he goes, okay, I know that hurt. But I got some bad news. It didn't stick. We got to do it again. <laughs> Wow. Oh, my God. So he had to pop me again. It was the same thing, same explosion, same just, oh, God, it hurt. You were the the astronaut from 2001, A Space Odyssey, opening the door. Right. Yeah. I went on a journey there for a while. It's like I'm trying to find my happy place, and I could not find it. And then you were talking about, um, it's like mine was like a crush injury. It didn't explode. I was on a ladder, and the ladder slipped and fell. And I got my leg caught up in the rungs, oh. and basically, I, I, and so I still have a dent in my leg, you know, where I basically just all of me just sort of fell on it and crushed it. I can't believe I didn't break anything, but, but like I said that was that was bad. That hurt, and it's one of these things. I was messing around with something I shouldn't be doing, yeah. So I didn't tell anybody. Oh no! <laughs> and so he was like, "Why are you limping? I'm fine. It's nothing." And then, uh, but no, the absolute worst pain I've ever been in my life is, uh, is growing up on the farm. We had some cattle out. We were in running through a shelter belt of trees, trying to round them up to get it back home. And at some point the County put a bunch of old, um, like telephone lines and power pole stuff into these trees. Someday they're going to come back and get them and haul them away, but they hadn't done it yet. And so you're walking through this really tall grass and all of a sudden you just kind of hear this thunk. And this, this pain just shoots through your foot, and you fall over. Oh, no. But you can't really fall over because your foot is now pierced by, like, a railroad spike. Coming up to your shoe, there's blood kind of, um, you know, pooling up. <laughs> Did you get off? Sorry. Um, and you're stuck, you know, and you're waiting. You're anchored to this pole. 
and you're just <laughs> screaming. And I, and I remember my brother came over. He's like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And it's like I'm like pointing at my foot and screaming, right? And he's so together. We're like trying to get me up, and he's trying to like lift my foot up and off the spike. And I just, oh my god, all I'm doing is, and all I'm doing is just screaming, ah! you know, ah! and everything. And we finally got it out, and you know, basically just like firemen carried me out of the trees and into the you know back home and everything and got the shoe off and it looked really gross and then the you know we basically went to the hospital and there wasn't really a whole lot they could do it's like just kind of pack it and you know wrap it up and that was it and so i still kind of have a tiny scar and put it nice and, and wait until any, help arrives yeah yeah and luckily like you know, with all the bones and everything down there he didn't really cut or break anything. It just it just popped straight through. So what know? was it? But you no, just, it just you just stepped on a railroad it, spike, or basically, yeah, it was uh, it was it was you know like on the old fangled telephone poles that kind of looked like a like a cross, mm-hmm. you know, and it was one of those. And so basically, yeah, I put my foot through or put one of those through my foot. Oh my god! And so you're basically anchored to that to that block of wood anchored to the telephone pole oh. and so and you're just you're just kind of stuck and the more you try to move and extract it the worse you're making it you know and it's just and it's and it's a count and it's one of these things it's like how bad did it hurt it's like well it hurt a lot but it's one of these things you just kind of see that and you just you're just freaking out yeah you know yeah. and so which i think dovetails nicely into the idea of body horror right especially in cold <laughs> right the idea that it's not even so much you know, take the the classic the uh, transformation um, of uh, the main character from American Werewolf in London. Yeah, you're hearing oh, yeah. joints pop and stuff, but it's not even that. It's more what's happening, not not so much how that hurts. More like what the hell is going on? You know that sort of <laughs> yeah. that sort of aesthetic. So, yeah, in in honor of uh, <laughs> in honor of the pain we are all in currently. Yeah, maybe we could uh, jump around and, and share a couple of the. Of, of the body horror moments that, that have stuck with us over the years. Um, man, I've got a few. I don't know about y'all. Okay, I have some. Okay. Oh, why don't you start us off? What do you, what do you got first? Okay. Um, the first one that I have, it's not even a movie or like a TV show. This is an old uh, radio play. Uh, really? It's from Lights Out, Archubler, and it was called The Dark. And uh, the gist of the story is, um, it's like these paramedics get called to this house in the middle of nowhere. And they go inside, and there's a woman inside, and she's just cackling insane. She's lost her mind completely. Okay. And they're, they're looking for her brother. They find her brother in another room, and the brother has been turned completely inside out. Ew. For whatever reason. <gasps> and you can kind of, you just hear him. He's still alive, and he's trying to move. And you can kind of hear him gurgling and kind of hear some funky things. And, of course, the guys are freaking out, you know, and it's like, what's going on? What, what happened here? And, of course, the lady has no answers because she keeps cackling. And then they find this this other room and they open it up. And there's some kind of black fog in there. And it seeps in. It goes over the woman. She bursts and turns inside out. And she's uh. still alive. And then the rest of it is the guy is scrambling, trying to get out of this house before the fog gets him. But, you know, the fog gets him. And it ends uh, with the the, narr- the narrator painfully changing as his body redefines itself as it turns inside out. And what a great like, idea! Su- yeah, there's just like a subtle gurgling to it, but mostly it's just you like you talk about American Werewolf in London. It's like what really sells that is David Naughton's pain and fear because he doesn't know what the hell is going on. It's just that guy screaming, and then his screaming's kind of turning into gurgles and more painful gurgles, and then suddenly you can't understand him anymore. You know, uh, as, as as we fade to black and we leave. So yeah, it's it was part of a of a radio series called Lights Out by R. Tubler, and the episode is The Dark, and I highly recommend. It's only like twelve minutes long, but it's so good. And like I said, it's just freak. It'll freak you the fuck out. It can really you yeah. Some of those, some of those radio plays. I remember one one of my first really vivid memories of ever being scared was listening to a radio play of The Mist. And okay. just, just listening to people run out in the mist and you would hear the reactions of the people who were still inside the department or the grocery store or whatever it was. Yeah. And it was just yeah. like the theater of the imagination. When I finally got around to watching the movies, I'm like, this is it. It was so much more vivid and gross in my head, you know? Yeah. Yeah, side tangent. You know, when I was a kid growing up in the 70s, 
somehow somebody got it in like the CBS Radio Mystery Theater. They brought you know radio radio plays back for I lasted for like like almost a whole decade, right? And I remember like we're going somewhere, coming home from somewhere, and one of them was playing, and it was like a preview for the next week, and they found a hand buried, but they kept digging, and it was like an intact hand and a skeleton. Freaked me the hell out when I was a little kid. Yeah, and then like finding them later on YouTube, I finally found the episode, so I knew what happened and everything. So it's like I thought that was really cool. So cool. yeah, I highly recommend them. You know, uh, you just kind of like massage the web a little bit, and you know, some are not so good, but some of them are just, like really good and really freaky. So yeah, that's my first one. Okay, I am. I w- had trouble picking my Cronenberg. One, because I'm a fan of Cronenberg, of David Cronenberg, the director. Night, yeah. uh, Nightbreed or Videodrome has a particularly nasty little bit of body horror in it, right? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with The Fly. And I've got it with uh, Jeff oh, Goldblum sure. transforming from uh, the, the scientist named Brundle into Brundle Fly. And the reason I'm going to do that is my favorite part of that movie is not the special effects, but the clinical nature with which Jeff Goldblum watches what's happening to himself. So it's not even that, that he's feeling anything in particular. I mean, he's got to be feeling something, you know, there's shock and there's, you know, all the rest of it, but he's a scientist first. So he's like, huh, well, this is happening now, (laughs) you know? And, and, uh, yeah. And and then like, doesn't he like keep the parts that fall off? Does he like keep them in like in a cabinet? Uh Uh-huh. Keeps the parts that fall off. And just to horrify Gina Davis later on. Right. And, uh, right. I always had this nagging thing that at the end, after he fully transforms, right, it seems to lose something right. for me. And I think it's Goldblum's performance that sells it throughout like 90% of that movie is, you know, even when okay. he's, even when he's puking on the guy and dissolving his arm, you know, it's still, you know, there's still a little bit of like this really strong character underneath everything that's happening to him. And that that's kind of why I picked that one is it's just one of my favorite, favorite responses to, because body sure. horror goes a lot of different ways, but it's like my favorite response where he's just looking at that and then going, huh, so this is happening now. Well, maybe I ought to pickle this and preserve it for posterity. You know, maybe yeah, I ought to, you just know. Like, yeah. Yeah, just trying to quantify everything, you know, or mm-hmm. uh, uh, like the scientific method. You know, just keep following it through to a fall. You know, mm-hmm. and he just can't—he can't help himself. Exactly. Even when he's climbing on the walls, it's like this is kind of cool, and yeah, I need to document this. <laughs> <laughs> like I respect the nature yeah. of that. Yeah, go ahead. I, I just to say on a side tangent, you know, uh, the original fly, of course. Yes. You know, it ends with you know the little guy stuck in the web. You know, the help me, help me. I always found that was kind of silly, but the sequel. Return of the Fly, right? Yeah. There's a scene like halfway through the movie where the bad guy kills some police officer who was after him. Or not, I don't know if he just, no, he knocks him out. He throws him in the transporter with a hamster. Okay. Right? And he, and he flips the switch. And then when it's over, it, the hamster has the hands and feet and they switch. But anyway, the guy stomps on the hamster with the guy's hands. Oh, no. And it starts and it starts screaming, you know, or squealing, and he crushes it, and that just always freaked me the hell out. I don't yeah. know why. It's just it's just a silly, stupid little black and white movie, but God, that freaked me out when I was young, and it's like ah, you know, and I'm, I don't know why. <laughs> I love those things where it's like where it sticks with you, and you have no idea why. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Steph, what's one of your uh, favorite pieces of body horror you've come across? Well, um, I am currently, I learned that uh, Hulu got uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer back, and so I'm rewatching it, because really? it's been a very long time. I didn't know that. And, mm-hmm. and, and Angel, so if you haven't seen them yet and kind of want to give them a shot, I highly recommend So anything in particular in Buffy that stuck with you? Oh, we lost her. Oh, no! She was saying her Wi-Fi had been spotty. Okay. Okay. No problem. My Wi-Fi keeps dropping. Ah. Well, fix it in post. In fact, I'm not even on my Wi-Fi. I'm on my LTE. Oh, jeez. Okay. But I keep dropping for the meeting and then reconnecting. Sorry. 
No problem. No problem. No problem. Can I do anything on my end to help? Oh, Buffy. Um. Uh, no, I was I was gonna try and call in and just use the phone, but it was not doing that either. So. Okay. If it comes to that, let me know. Okay. So you were talking, Buffy. Ah, lost her again. You lost her again. <laughs> I'm expecting a phone call in any second. That's okay. I'll put it on speaker. It'll be great. Okay. I don't have a recommendation right now. I need to come up with a recommendation. Okay. I have a couple. Or I guess it's a couple that, well, one I wouldn't recommend, and then a couple that I thought were pretty good. So, uh... Yeah, these are my notes for the day. <laughs> Very nice. So are you furloughed at the moment? I was. I have uh, two more furlough days that I need to get rid of. I'm getting rid of one on Friday. I was going to get rid of one on Monday, but I got a... I got a... I went for Hello. Hey! This okay, is all stayed in, in, by the way. <laughs> all right, so this, it's going okay? I hear you. You can hear me? Okay. Uh, yep. Okay. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Sorry about that. No, no problem. That's fine. No. So you were talking about Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is back on Hulu, so I started watching it. Nice. Anyway, I haven't made it there yet, but I've seen the show many times. So in season six, the character Willow kind of goes dark, and she's a witch. And... One of the big bads for the season has killed her girlfriend. And she's pissed. And she gets him in the woods and has him tied up. And they have a little conversation. And then she does some magic and rips all his skin off. And he's just standing there like a piece of meat. Yeah. And it's Yee. jarring. It's very jarring. <laughs> and um, especially for a show like this. Um, but the Not show hard. gets darker as you go through the series. <laughs> Yeah. Um, That's pretty crazy for network TV. Yeah. The first season they... is all about fluffy, fluffy, you know, but from season two on, it gets darker and darker, and it's great. Wow. But yeah, when she rips his skin off from head to foot, it's it's like, well, that happens. <laughs> and the sound effect, I can hear it. And yeah, and so, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's the first thing that jumped out at me when I was thinking about that. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that sticks with you. Um, it, it reminds me. I love when when you can get away with stuff on network TV that shocks people. Like it, I just go back to Hannibal time and time again. That show was just probably one of the goriest things I've ever seen, and it was it was on NBC. It was crazy. Yeah, well, like, this this country is weird, you know, where it's like we're okay with gore and and mass murder. Uh -huh. And everything, but it's like you know, trying to show a pair of boobs or, or you know, talk about sex and oh my god, yeah, <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. So. Nope, but it's just or fine. On that yeah, just yeah, fine right. on network TV for a guy to sew a bunch of bodies into a painting while they're still alive and writhing around. You know that sort of thing. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal. Yeah, have you you watched it? Yeah, I mean, wasn't there that, I've that seen Hannibal? Yeah, it's. it's Pretty fucking gross. Yeah, that bit with Gary Sinise at the bottom of the corn well, or at the bottom bottom of the corn silo, where he had sewed all those people into a giant like painting thing, and they're all writhing around, and it's like, uh -huh. wait a second, is that Gary Sinise covered in gore? It is. Oh my god, they didn't even credit him. Yeah. <laughs> I also, think about Hannibal. Hannibal's a whole show on its own. I think. It, oh god, I I loved it. <laughs> Just because it never failed to, to, to let my jaw hit the ground. I mean, you know, it takes a little bit to shock me. And every time I'm looking at this going, this was on network TV? Are you kidding? <laughs> the well, peacock, no less. Yeah. One part where Hannibal had to tell a 13-year-old girl about blood, patter, blood splatter and had to make her seem dead. So he took basically a a big knife and stuck it in her in her neck and just showed her where the blood spray was going and she's like, huh, that's interesting. And I'm like, network TV! 
you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, ripping the skin off—that's a good one. <laughs> Chad, let's go one more one more time around the horn. Chad, uh, what what's one of your favorite bits of body horror? Okay, um, I think we've discussed this before on our podcast, but for me, you know, that kind of stuff—it's—it's it, it's disturbing, but but it doesn't really bug me all that much, but it's the worse the gore effects for me, it's like the more it gives me the heebie-jeebies. And so like you, you go back to like the Herschel Gordon Lewis, uh, you know, and uh, yeah. that really spurt of, of pornography that came out in the, in the sixties and, you know, like uh, blood feast, which is the movie, the movie's a piece of shit. Yes. I'm not going to try to defend them. I concur. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's the, he made his own blood out of kaopectate food coloring. Uh, you know, he's got a he's got a real lamb's tongue stuffed in that gal's mouth. You know, and it's just oh. you know, and it's just it's really. I mean, it looks fake. It's totally fake, but there's just so much of it. Yeah, you know, and I don't know what it is, but that just always always got under my skin, always, and I. And you know, and I can look at you know Tom Savini blowing someone's head up in the Prowler. Or maniac, and it's like, ooh, that's pretty cool, you know, that kind of thing. But you look at that stuff with the tomato paste and everything, and it's like, Ugh. you know, I don't, I don't know why that is. I, my brain's defective, but that's one for me. Is that what catches you with Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre? Just the 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 not not even fakeness, but the the fakeness and the authenticity of it almost is you know is exactly it, yeah exactly it's 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 you know it's it's done so cheaply it's like we got to real we got to we got to go to the butcher to get our parts yeah you know that kind of thing you know it's like same with the night of the living dead you know where you know uh you know after the the, the truck blows up yep and the zombies get, yep. get all the grab uh tom and whatever i can't remember her name right off the top of my head but you know they're eating them and that's that's basically butcher scraps mm-hmm. you know and there's just that weird little verisimilitude in there. And it's yeah. like, what is happening? Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing. So. Uh, all right. <clears throat> okay. So my, my second one, uh, have, uh, I've been a, on a little bit of a James Gunn kick, uh, recently. Um, I showed my kid the, the Dawn of the Dead remake that he wrote that, uh, Zack Snyder yep. directed. Um, yeah. Didn't know if there was a Snyder cut of that one, but you know, um, ah. But, uh, so ridiculous. But, um, you know, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and on this. And then he did this this wonderful little body horror movie called Slither. Have you seen Slither? Oh, yeah. So you remember what happens yeah. to Michael Rooker at the end of Slither? <laughs> yep. Where he blows up like a balloon. And if, if you haven't seen this movie, Google image Michael Rooker and Slither, and you'll get a real good sense of what's going on. And uh, my oh my, is that, uh, is that a thing to behold? <laughs> That or uh, the gal in the barn. Oh yeah, the gal in the barn the, was the, good too. Who, who he impregnates and she's like blown up like a tick. Yep. And she's still alive when she blows up, and it's like, oh god. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was that was no good. For some reason, that gets me more than William Hurt and Alien. You know. Yeah. But yeah, my, yeah. Michael Rooker at the end of the that movie is basically the broodmare. You know, he's the yeah. all the all the snakes are alive inside him, and it's not pretty. Right. Yeah, see, now that, like I said, just, it's just like, it's, it's like how the human body works. Yeah. Kind of freaks me out a little bit. And then, like, and then you add a parasite in there, and it's like, oh, okay, I'm done. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah. it's, it's not like we're all currently in a situation <laughs> where, uh, where there are, you know, invisible things trying to get inside our bodies and mess us all up, you know? Right, right. <laughs> not like that at all. So, <laughs> Turn your lungs into bags of wet cement. What oh yeah, about? can't 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 wait for that to happen. Hey, I'm glad you're negative. Yeah. By the way, that's so that's the yeah, best news I heard today. So cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, Steph, you got one more. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna go back to the ubiquitous werewolf because uh, werewolf transformations have always squicked me. Uh huh. Okay. And the the more graphic they are, the the more they squick. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I've talked about the show before, but um, being human about the ghost and the werewolf and the vampire that Shaka or well, they don't Shaka, but they room the roommate. Okay. It's a British show, yep. and 
George the werewolf, when he transforms for the first couple of times, they show it everywhere and everything happening and stretching and bones cracking and skin stretching. And Russell Tovey, the actor who plays him, has the loudest, shriekiest scream I've ever heard. And he's doing that the entire time it's happening. And it's just, it, yeah, it's the werewolf transformation and being human is pretty graphic to me maybe not to you guys but to me that's interesting because there is something about like real real human reactions to something that makes it worse you know yeah yeah anyone can scream at the top of their lungs it takes you know takes uh some thought to to do something other than that and sometimes that can be really effective i agree Mm -hmm. Uh, so i i got i got one more can i okay yeah yeah please This, this is this is something that, that, that always freaks me out. And the worst, I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible panelist here or whatever, because I'm like racking my brain all day and, and massaging the web and trying to find the title of this damn movie. And I could not find it, but the gist of the movie is it's, it's a foreign film. Uh, it's, it's like this old dilapidated building and the landlord's like a mobster and he wants the tenants to clean out because he wants to gentrify and they won't go and they won't go. They won't go. So he finally decides, you know what? We're just going to kill, kill the tenants. And he hires this guy, and but not only does he murder the tenants, but he disposes of the body by using like these like liquid nitrogen, right? He freezes the body, he takes the hammer, he shatters the body, and he sucks it up in a shot back, right? And pretty soon that's going to melt, and it's just going to turn into sludge. And it's just, and to me, it's like that freaks me out because you have essentially been erased, huh? No one, no one knows where you are. No one knows your wit. No one knows if you're alive or dead. And and so, and that just that bugs me. And I don't. And I couldn't. I could talk about this for like six hours, and I don't think I could explain to you why that bugs me so much. Huh. But it's just, just, just your body being reduced to component DNA. It's just like, ugh, ugh, you know, I don't know why. It just freaks me out. Huh. That's so like even like liquefying. Does that have yeah. the same effect, or is it the the nitrogen that does that? Yeah. You know, I think it's it's just you know, like if if it's like like the Incredible Melting Man, right? Yeah. You know, that's just silly. You know, the guys the guys melting and he's falling apart, and the movie's hysterical. But with this, I don't know what it is. It's just like the context of the film, where it's like if, if they have family, if they and it's like it, it, like you don't know what happened to them. you. Have been erased. You have been erased from existence, and that bugs the hell out of me and i you know and i don't know why it bugs me that much you know to the extent of like oh you damn movie you know that kind of i don't know yeah like i said that's just that's just that's just one of my weird i don't think it's a faux pas or whatever or hang-ups or something but it's just like i don't know why but that just bugs the hell out of me yeah as opposed to something like street trash where similar things happen but you know right it's played for super duper laughs yeah right yeah and so or like a chud or something like that. Yeah. It's just, yeah. you know, or, um, you know, it's like, um, like you get the movies like the day after or whatever. And it's like, if, if the nuclear Holocaust happened, it's like, why well, I hope I go on the blast. Yep. You know, cause I don't, I don't want to be around when my insides liquefy and I shit them out, you know? <laughs> so it's like, ah, no, that's Is that okay. pancreas? So. I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't need that. So no, no. But, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a weird one. I thought I'd share. Yeah. Well, I've got an honorable mention or two as well. I mean, you, you probably want to mention David Lynch when you talk about body horror at some point. You know, Eraser sure. Head in particular was was kind of the pinnacle of that. Uh, I don't like Eraser Head. I'm, it's not my favorite movie of his. I you know yeah. I get I get the kind of um, artistic. David uh, Lynch uh, just yeah. David Lynch just doesn't work for me. I don't know. It's like I I. I don't know. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying they're terrible. I'm not saying that the guy just doesn't work for me. No, that being said, there are some David Lynch properties I absolutely love. Eraserhead isn't one of them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and okay. yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work for me for whatever. But I mean, dude is an extraordinarily versatile and interesting filmmaker. I mean, he made a straight yep. story, which was yep. a PG rated uh, Disney film and then made, you know, Mulholland Drive, which is on the AFI's top 100, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot there, but figured, you know, he was a yeah. pioneer in body horror, so you can throw that in there. And then uh, I mentioned it earlier, uh, American Werewolf in London, 
It's my favorite transformation yeah. of any from one thing to another thing on yeah. in cinema, and I hate that. <laughs> uh, I hate that John Landis is such a you know is responsible for that because I don't necessarily yeah. care for John Landis, but man, is that a good yeah, transformation? Yeah. Good, good yeah. work all the way around. So, okay, here's another one. Um, this one, this one, it <laughs> makes me laugh, but it, it freaks me out at the same time too. Um, RoboCop. Oh. When the guy gets doused in the toxic chemicals and he gets hit by the car. And basically and his head explodes yeah. on the windshield. Yep. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. And then uh, Return of the Living Dead, the Tar Man. Oh, I love the Tar Man. You know, and the Tar Man and Return of the Living Dead. And then also the cadaver that they, they catch and they got it strapped down on the table. Yep. In the first, and, and first explains, 10 minutes you know, of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it explains the pathology of why they need to eat the brains. And there's like spinal fluid squirting out the severed spinal cord, you know, and the spinal cord's flopping around. And yep. it's like, ah, it's great. <laughs> I, w- I was thinking of the first cadaver that they hit with the pickaxe and it doesn't do anything. And so it's still running around oh, yeah, and yeah. has a pickaxe in its head. But no, that's the, the lady yeah. cadaver later on. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that one. <laughs> you mean the movie lied? <laughs> to quote our good friend Tim Leonard, everybody makes perfectly rational decisions throughout that entire movie and they make the wrong decision each and every time. <laughs> It gets worse and worse and worse. They would have been better to just run into a wall. There you go. That'd be a good. Uh, that'd be a good uh, podcast topic. Romero one hundred and one, where everything you try to do makes everything exponentially worse. <laughs> so maybe they should have gone to the basement, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> well, then again, yeah, it's like yeah, he survived, but boy, that really worked out for him, didn't it? But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Well, those are our body <coughs> horror movies. Uh, do you have any others that you wanted to talk about? I think that's all I got. Cool. All right. Well, we will be we will be back after the guitar noise with some recommendations and uh, uh, yeah. Ew. 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 <laughs> <laughs> guitar You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back. Uh, we are going to do some recommendations. Uh, we're going to talk about what we've been paying attention to in books, movies, TV this past uh, uh, past couple weeks. So um, we're going to do that. And we are all completely prepared and 100% not doing this off the top of our head. So We're uh, totally not going to uh, Amazon Prime Video and looking at what we just watched. <laughs> we can't remember. <laughs> Have I recommended that? Damn, you know. Well, no. Okay, okay. So here, here's the truth of the matter: is like at quarantine, we we you know it's coming to an end this week. We haven't really branched out all that much, you know. And and it's like it's like this whole thing. And I know we talked about this at one point, but it's like this whole thing has just kind of sapped any desire I had to be creative, kind of completely out of my ear. It's weird. Yeah, I I I've wallowed in my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, comfort you know, zone. Yeah, I, I haven't wanted to, to to try new things. Yeah. No, oh. about the, only, the only thing I've done is I've read a shit ton of comic books, and that's about it. So. All right. Well, so give us one, then we'll go from there. Oh well, no. Um, since I did my homework, uh, I got one. Um, I got one. <laughs> uh, I saw the the new Fantasy Island movie. Oh yeah, the Bloomhouse Fantasy Island. What a weird the Bloom House. Yeah. Like Nutella. And it's uh, it was an interesting premise. I guess we're going to do a spoiler warning here, um, where <clears throat> all the people who come to the island are basically unwitting uh, uh, participants in someone else's revenge fantasy. Okay, so they're there thinking they're there for their fantasies, and it turns out they're all connected, and then it kind of barrels in the climax. And the climax, it just gets worse and worse and worse. It keeps doubling down on these twists. Yeah. And 
it's, it's one of these things I kind of went in. It's like, okay, there's three things that this movie should not do. And one of the major ones is like, you cannot try to explain how that Island works. Cause that was the best part about the show when I was a kid. Cause yep. like, it didn't matter. It's just like, I want to be in London time and I want to go hunt Jack the river or I want to be the guy who finds Bigfoot, you know, that kind of thing. And that's all it was. And there'd be some kind of like Hawthorne ironic twist somewhere in the middle of it. And then everybody came out the other side in a happy ending. And, um, and but like this one just it you tried to explain it away and it, it I mean it's it's fine it's a bloom house so it's it's a quality product it's well made it's well put together yep the script was falling apart the wheels were coming off as we barreled toward the end and um, like I said I at the end of the day I wouldn't really recommend it because I didn't think it was that good and then um, also I found online I finally managed to track down a copy of uh, Fistful of Fingers. Oh yeah, Edgar Wright's Edgar Wright's first movie. I have read about this. I've never seen it. Yeah, it was okay. It's kind of like um, you remember that movie I showed you a long time ago called When Nature Calls. You know, where the family goes and lives out in the uh, the wilderness. It's sort of a comedy, and David Strathairn's in it. He's the Indian. Yep. And it's just sort of it's it's kind of a Zucker sight comedy gag thing. Yep. It's kind of what this is. It's sort of that, like a comedy. It's like a and that combined like a Monty Python sketch. And it was way more hit than miss. A couple things clunk, but it, you can see what's coming. You know that that Edgar Wright style is there, and it's he's gonna he's gonna perfect it. He's gonna make it better. And so I recommend that. And then um, lastly, I found this on Amazon Prime. It's called Classic Albums, and it kind of yeah, goes I saw through. Post about um, this. And uh, it's one, that's one of those ones. Like, did I recommend this once before? Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But. Uh, uh, and you got you kind of go through, and it's sort of a uh, oral history with like the the band members and or who are still around, and the engineers and the producers. And it's really kind of cool because they kind of go through like like the nuts and bolts of it, trying to get the sonic signature of each song, you know. So they're like isolating like you know musical tracks or vocals. And one of the best ones that was on Nevermind, and they were isolating the tracks, um, showing the harmonization between uh, Kurt Cobain and Dave Grohl. Yeah. And I never even realized that Dave Grohl was doing the harmonies with that because huh. you kind of lost the, you lose that in, in, in the rest of the noise. And so the funnest part was, I think I watched one on Nevermind, like Bad Out of Hell, uh, Room Fleetwood Mac Rumors, and uh, Ace Spades by Motorhead. Oh. And the best part was, it's, yeah, it's like after you watch the documentary, and I could go on Spotify, and then you listen to the albums with a fresh set of ears. And That's you, cool. you kind of hear, and it's like, oh, okay. And it's like this, you know. So that's highly recommended. There's a whole series on there. And uh, I think, like, in my queue, it's like Duran Duran's Rio's on there. So I'm going to watch that one. And there's a bunch. Ooh. Yeah. It's like, it's it's like there's Iron Maids on there, um, uh, Rush. There's It's all over the map. And so, like I said, I re- if you like music and stuff and you, and you really like, you know, um, kind of a behind the music take on it or whatever, but it's really good. You know, like uh, rumors, they were t- they, like to get into the history of the band. Like at that point, everybody was breaking up. Yep. You know, and so that sort of fed into it. And um, and I said, it's really good. Highly recommended. It. It's, it's a series called Classic Albums, and that was on Amazon Prime. So. Classic Albums. There you go. That's my Rex. Cool. Yeah. Classic I, albums, yeah. I, I thought during rumors, wasn't that the album born out of everyone sleeping with everyone else and calling each other names, and then you have to perform that for the next 40 years? Yeah, pretty much, because, uh, you know, uh, Lindsay and uh, uh, Stevie, oh, God, Stevie were breaking up. Yeah. Uh, the McVees are breaking up, and uh, and just poor Mick caught in the middle of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, poor Mick. And then they made an amazing, yeah, and then they made an amazing album. So yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I've got I've got mine ready, Steph. You got yours? Yeah, I got one. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna go with um a video game. Oh, cool. It's uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Okay. What, I, do you guys... All I know about Assassin's you know, Creed is, is you jump from top of buildings and fall and you're wearing a hood. Yeah, the last video game I was any good at was Galaga. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I've i never played the Assassin's Creed games. Um, it's more of Shannon, my daughter's milieu. Um, but... <laughs> It's it, it's exactly like that. You're an assassin, and you have to go in, um, in different time periods, 
and battle stuff and that and do some assassinating and everything. And like her favorite is um, you're running around ancient Greece. Um, there's one where you're running around Rome and Italy and all that. Well, they had the syndicate one is the one that got me sucked into the world. And that's um, because it takes place in predictably London uh, in the Victorian time. So I get to run around and be an assassin um, while doing quests for Charles Dickens, for Karl Marx, for um, (laughs) Churchill. I did something for Winston Churchill. it's just really cool, and the 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 graphics and the scenery of London are good enough to where I recognize where I am when I'm running around. Ah, nice. Nice. Like I can tell when I'm on the South Bank. I can tell when I'm near where MI six will eventually be, but isn't at this point in time. You know, so it's it's really cool, and I'm just I'm just loving being immersed in that world and um, doing doing this stuff. And it is fun to jump off the building. Yeah, so it makes my tummy do the thing. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched a video and it was a it was a guy and it was a Grand Theft Auto whatever where they're in Los Angeles and he basically wasn't Hi. playing the game he was he was just kind of like doing a driving tour of L A. Yeah, I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. I don't know. I've never actually been to L A. I've been through it, but um, when I right. played Grand Theft Auto, I was like, oh, that's where that is, <laughs> you know, and because it's scarily accurate and that's yeah. what uh syndicate yeah. is for assassin's creed it's scarily yeah. accurate considering right. it's also set in the yeah. late 1800s <laughs> I, th- I think it was like yeah. it was something like he had his chat on or whatever and like he was asking people it's like where do you want to go and it's like what do you want to see and it's like well, we want to go here and then he, he'd go there you know because i remember, wow. I remember yeah. one was like the sci- he wanted to go to the scientology building or something and so he went to the scientology building that was pretty cool so. it is pretty cool yeah you can go up to the Hollywood sign. You can go to the observatory. Nice. All that stuff. Yeah. Good wreck. Really cool. Yeah. Chine, uh, Grauman's yeah. tiny. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, I've got two things. One of the thing that made me happiest last week was watching uh, uh, Danny Glover and Danny Pudi, or Donald Glover and Danny Pudi, do their uh, their friend handshake over Zoom uh, during the community oh, yeah. uh, table read that they put together for charity. Wasn't that great? That, that was, was great. I loved it. That was that, so great. That was pretty great. And since Community is now on Netflix, people are discovering it for the first time. Memes are coming back. People are like, where has no. the show been all my life? It's like, oh, I knew about yeah. it. I knew yeah. about it. You know, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, it was funny. You know, I was like feeling like crap last week. It's like, well, that's one of the things I did. I broke out my box sets of that show. Because it's like, I just need to get, I just need to be cheered up and not think about what's happening here. Yeah. And it worked. It worked wonders. Laughed. God, I laughed. I love that. That damn show just it gets me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it gets me, and I get in. I love it. I mean, the paintballs are the flashy ones, but some of the one, some yeah. of the, some of the smaller episodes have some of just the best stuff in yeah. it. And it's like later when they were trying to pair them off and develop the characters. I'm like, yeah, I see why you're doing yeah. this, but man, did I have fun in seasons one, two, and three. You know, that yeah. was. I, uh, it was really funny too because. Um, for a while there, I was thinking, my God, I think Fat Neil is Guillermo from what we do in the show. Yeah. It's not. I looked it up. It's not. But it's like, God, it looks like that. You know, it looked like the same guy, but it wasn't. And yeah. so, yeah, I am halfway through season four now, which is when Harmon was kicked off. I mean, it's still good, but you can kind of tell, tell he's missing. Yeah. It's still funny, but it just doesn't have the heart that the first three seasons had. So. Yeah. Speaking of what we and do in the I think I, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of what we do in the shadows, we're going to do a pod on that when the season's over. I'm predicting heartbreak at this point. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Yeah, Guillermo's going to, I don't know. I I shudder to think just because it's so much fun. But the the moment where uh, Mark Hamill, have we all seen that episode where Mark Hamill guest started? Yep. Where Laszlo yeah. took out yeah. the toothpick and Mark him. Oh, that that was about as hard as I laughed for like three three whole weeks. You know that was just the best <laughs> the best moment. But yeah, the, the toothpick the, and jeans. That's uh, it. Yeah, that's it. It's a flawless human disguise. But the other new thing I I watched was I watched uh, the Lovebirds, which is that uh, Netflix show. Or Netflix movie with uh, Issa Rae and bodybuilder Kumail Nanjiani. Um, 
Walter movie, which means it's right down the middle and never goes too far. You know, it's never going to be an A, but it's never going to be a C minus. That's kind of how I feel about Michael Showalter. But um, it, it's it's decent enough. Basically, the premise is what happens if you're stuck in the middle of a of a murder mystery just after you broke up with your significant other, and you're stuck together <laughs> having to solve. And it's a very very solid premise. And it's one of those things where. The script isn't all that good, but the leads are so fetching and so uh, uh, game and just enjoyable to watch yeah. that it kind of kind of makes up for it. So it's 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 a very decent. There was nothing wrong with it at all, other than the plot not being real good. <laughs> okay, yeah. Before we wrap this up, what do you think about the news about the Snyder Cut? Oh God, I think it's a terrible precedent. I think okay. it never really. Yeah, because what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I think it never existed, and now it will, because they're they're going to do more shooting. You know, they're gonna they've gotten special effects people back together. It's not like they came in and and yeah, I'm sure Whedon made a different movie, but he made a different movie out of the same parts that were already there. You know, right, right. So I don't and know. I don't know. Yeah, because I'm like Karen, like Paul Feig wants to do like a three and a half hour Ghostbusters. New. And it's like, is it gonna is it gonna be another? hour and a half with all that ad-libbing crap because it's like no thanks you know and it's just you know what do you and then uh uh david ayers wants to do suicide squad no you know and, no. and uh yeah and it's like so is gareth edwards gonna want to do rogue one you know rogue, I, rogue uh, one is perfect the way it is leave rogue one alone yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a terrible yeah, idea. I don't, I don't know. Well, and the yeah. other thing is it's not like Zack snyder was a genius who made a lousy movie I've seen Sucker Punch. Right. I've seen Man of Steel. You know, they're not good movies. And so no. the the fallacy... I've seen Batman vs. Superman that he wrote and directed yeah. with the giant turd. It was such a turd. My kid, <laughs> kids got it for me for my birthday, ironically. It just sits there on yeah. my shelf like the turd it is. <laughs> and it's not like... It's not like he was firing on all cylinders going into this. So it seems like a second yeah. chance... And, and yeah, of course, I feel bad that he lost his daughter and all that, why he was off the show in the first yeah. place. But it wouldn't have been great. It wouldn't have been a triumph. And, you know, Joss Whedon yeah. came in and maybe did what he could, and they were petty with the mustache and all that. But, man, yeah. it just seems like it, it seems like just a massively bad idea and an even worse precedent. Yeah, it just, it just feels like I just think his behavior of, you know, leaking all this stuff and just is such an ego hack yep. move on his part. And like I said too, and it's yeah, it's like the movie's not done. It's it's going to be a lot of insert uh, insert effect yeah. shot here, you know. And that's it. And it's like they're going to turn it. It's like they heard things like they're going to do. It's like a four night mini series or something like that. And it's and it's like what? <laughs> so I don't. I don't okay. It's, and then after that, it's going to be released the real Snyder Cut after that. you know. Well, and the thing are... of it was, I didn't even hate Justice League. It was serviceable. It was fine. No, it, was, it, was, it was fun. And, it was, it's, and when it was over, it's like, I'd like to see another movie with these people. Yeah. Yeah. One that wasn't, you know, one that didn't have to be butchered and stitched together by, you know, two different, two different directors, you know. And it's like, I would love to see this. These characters continue in this universe. Yeah, because Affleck was a good Batman. He was. Cavill did her better, and um, I guess that guy who plays a Flash is kind of an asshole, but you know whatever. And uh, but yeah, no, I I said I really didn't have a problem with Justice League. Like, yeah, Batman vs Superman was terrible. Yep. And uh, and so, but again, uh, bad so president. I said I. Yeah, again, it's like I don't. Be, I you're never going to satisfy him. So no, you know you what's the point. Yeah, so. Yeah, so. Uh, weird times we're living in. I'm down a downer. Sorry. Well, <laughs> speaking of downers, now I'm going to stand up and be hunched over for the next 20 minutes until my back releases. So let's do that. Stretch those hammies. Stretch those hammies. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Uh, we, we'll uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, but we'd love to hear your thoughts on body horror, the Snyder Cut, any of the other random tangents that we've been on today. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Hey, I'm glad everyone's doing okay. The hamster was screaming! Oh the my hamster god. hamster was screaming! <laughs> I wouldn't like that. A hamster with human hands? I'm going to have a nightmare tonight. Thank you. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry! All right, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye!
you've been listening to The Atomic Weight of Cheese, where cult cinema is real life and real life is frequently cult cinema. You can visit our website at theatomicweightofcheese.com, follow us on Twitter at A-W-O-C podcast, see us on Facebook at facebook.com slash atomicweightofcheese, or shoot us an email at atomicweightofcheese at gmail.com. We love your feedback. Is that an udder or a butthole or what am I looking at? <laughs>